Welcome to the Legacy Pod. In episode 12, I spoke to Zach George, the fittest man in the UK and one of the nicest guys in CrossFit. Zach spoke about the disappointment of his competitive season ending through injury, the transition from being an overweight kid to one of the fiercest competitors on the planet, and the positive attitude guiding him through life as an elite athlete and businessman. This guy is the real deal who has even bigger things heading his way over the next few years, including his first book, Start Where Others Stop, which hits the shelves next week. Enjoy the episode. Zach, thank you so much for joining me on the, the Legacy Pod. It's a huge honour to have you on the show. Thank you for having me on. Yes, yeah, it's, it's always uh, nice to chat to as many people as possible. So, yeah, been looking forward to it. I think probably the most obvious place to start, we, we obviously had this chat penciled in for a few weeks um, prior to the injury. Um, that seems like the most commonplace area to start on. How, how are you feeling after, after the news? Yeah, it was a it was a tough mental weekend. Um, yeah, tough mentally. Obviously, from last year qualifying for the games and then not being able to get, go due to the pandemic. So, obviously, this year I was making a, a big push and really motivated. And yeah, it was the year I wanted to finally compete at the games after it was taken away from from me last year. And then about two weeks, two or three weeks leading up to. Um, up to the the quarterfinals, I had a, a niggle in my my hip going into my IT band, but it wasn't enough to really affect any of my training. It was just something that I was trying to manage, and uh, obviously still trying to train half of the quarters. That was making it worse and worse. And then during the open, there was um, the dumbbell snatch and burpee boxing workout, which I think really flared it up. I just think the explosive jumping movement, and then. Um, yeah, it just, just wasn't getting any better. And I was working my physio, pretty much seeing him every single day, trying to get it ready for the, the quarterfinals. And I think I knew deep down I needed good workouts to come up with minimal squatting volume for me to, to complete the weekend. And uh, I, I wasn't really saying that to anyone. I was just saying, yeah, I feel good, ready, ready to go. Trying to kind of try like just get myself in that right frame of mind and not think about the injury. Um so yeah, going in the weekend, um, didn't feel amazing my hip, but I, I still could do a lot of movement. So I was just hoping on good movements coming up. And then I saw the workouts released and one of the workouts had 180 pistols in. Another one was a four at max front squat. Another one was 120 war balls. And yeah, straight away, I just knew that was way too much squat volume because yeah. it hurt pretty much doing war balls or bodyweight squats. So um, I did the first workout, the handstand press at one. That went, that went well, hit it, hit it once um i was fairly happy with that score and then i was trying to warm up for the front squats and a decent weight for me on the front squats for four would probably be anywhere between 160 and 170 so that was my mind i thought i want to try and hit 160 minimum and then just call it a day there because that's probably going to be good enough and i couldn't even get past 110 so um I knew then, yeah, that it wasn't. I wasn't going to be able to complete the weekend, and yeah, it's tough mentally, especially after last year. And uh, I just had a weekend with some some friends, and just having like my close people around me. And uh, yeah, now now I'm in a good place, and 
I had a week of just basically chilling out, relaxed diet, eating whatever I want, um, just yeah. doing some fun sessions with with the movements I can do. And now, uh, yeah, me and the team have got a plan in place, working towards next season and uh, one comp this year. And yeah, so just so feeling good now. You just need some downtime to let it all sink in and and just let your body relax and just just notify what's happened. But the main priority at the minute is to get the hip better. So we've got a six to eight week sort of rehab time um, where my physio says you should be pretty good to do some sort of squat volume after that. Yeah. So it's just still trying to train and get some good sessions done in, but then also make sure I'm very on top of my rehab and make sure I'm doing so much stretching and rehabilitation work just so I'm ready to go in eight weeks' time. Uh, I mean, I guess, what, what does it say about you as a... Uh, as an athlete that's probably matured, understands your body, that when you when you know you weigh up the disappointment of last year, you could see early on by the sounds of it that pushing yourself would have been the easy thing to do, but definitely the wrong thing to do. How much do you have to have have the confidence in yourself to just, just take that step back for for the good of the bigger picture? Yeah, I think me as an athlete now, because I've been doing CrossFit for seven, eight years is very different to how it was when I was 24, 25. So if I was that age and didn't have the experience back then, I probably would have pushed through it, potentially have done even more damage to my hip, so the recovery yeah. time was even longer. And me not being on top form, trying to squeeze out these workouts, may not even qualified. So it was just a very sensible but tough decision to, to pull out. But you've got to think about the long run and you've got to think about there's so much more opportunities for the upcoming years that I can still go to the games and compete. It didn't have to be this year. And I think over, over the years of being an athlete and learning your body, you just become, you're obviously very determined and you're persistent to do this sport, but then you've also got to have a lot of patience. And uh, like I said, there's, there's other goals that you can focus on, but obviously the games is the main, that main one that we want to go for. Yeah. But I, I know I've got next year and I just knew I wasn't, on top form and I hate competing when I know I'm not in my best shape or I'm not in a fully fit shape that that's going to potentially hold me back. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a tough call, but it's definitely the right decision. And, um, yeah, you just got to be patient and, and know that once you, once you are back fully fit, then you're going to be even better next year. And I think a part of me, obviously because this year is so uncertain with, with events still, and obviously the pandemic, you don't even know if spectators still going to be at the games and, one of the big things for me competing at the games is making sure I'm there with my friends, my family, and, and we're enjoying that experience together. Yeah. So um, I don't know, I don't know how it's going to play out, but I, I probably reckon there's still going to be no spectators at big events, um, maybe for this year. So yeah, it's um, just trying to find the positives in every situation because you, you'll always find positives in in things that happen and, and not just focus on the negatives and yeah getting a plan in place and, and working towards it that's definitely something that i'm sure everyone who knows you and those like me that don't know you but from afar can see that that positivity is just something that that really radiates from you i remember seeing the interview that you gave immediately after last year when you uh, you know, you got the news about the reduced numbers at the games. Yeah. W where does that positivity come from? Is it just something that you need to take that time just to process something and then that's just you naturally? Like, can you, is it something that you can even explain? Is it just the person that you are? Yeah, yeah I think it's definitely just the person I am. I've always been a very positive, relaxed person. And yeah, I think that's genetically just built into me. And I think it's definitely 
due to the environment I was um, brought up in. So my parents are extremely um, motivated, determined, extremely hardworking and very positive. So obviously that environment from growing up many years has definitely moulded me into a very positive person. And um, yeah, I think it's just something that comes naturally to me. I don't really have to focus too hard on it or it's not something that I have to really work on. It's just something that naturally, if something negative happens, I'll have a couple of days of just letting it sink in, letting my body either relax or enjoying things I don't normally get to do when I'm in a very serious competing mode, like eating chocolate sweets, going out for for me and eating whatever I want. And then after that process, I kind of sit down and then just evaluate what I can do from this situation to turn it into a positive. And that's what I do pretty much with, with most things um that that come up so yeah i'm, I'm quite lucky that uh my character is very laid back and I'm, I'm very positive naturally and that's something i really try and get out to lots of different people so with my instagram obviously it's a great platform you can reach so many people and that message i really want to get across is to doesn't matter what situation comes up there's always a positive that you can find from it and I like to think I've I've motivated a lot of people over the years and it's great to to hear when people say that they get that feeling from me, which is good because that, that's what I want to achieve and, and try and positive, um, spread the positivity to as many people as possible. I'm sure you had a, a little moment of feeling sorry for yourself, but one of the things that you mentioned was the circle. Obviously, your team, your friends. How, yeah. um, how important are, are, are those guys to sort of help you get through? Because any athlete, anyone in, uh, you know, in life, but specifically elite athletes, you're probably going to have more disappointments than, than, than highs. Yeah, definitely. I think it's so important to have such a good team around you because they're the ones who pick you up when you're not feeling good. So I remember in 2019, that was the first year where I really wanted to go for the Games. And... The Open started really well and the Open, the open format was slightly different back then. So you won the national champ spot like I did last yep. year and then you went direct to the game. So yeah, it was my first year. I felt really good and five workouts in the Open. I think my scores were, I think it was like second, first, fourth, second, and 168th. And it was a handstand press at workout. So that was like my first major big setback when I was so close to, to achieving that goal and then missing out because of one movement pretty much. And again, my team was around me then to, to pick me up and to, to put a plan in place to nail handstand press-ups so that would never happen again. Yeah. And then 2020 happened, finally achieved that that goal of getting to the Games and qualifying. And again, that team was around me the whole time and that was a different level of support because we didn't really have any setbacks, but it was a very high-pressure situation. So they were there keeping me relaxed and making sure I didn't get too stressed out during that five-week period. And then obviously getting the, the notification that we're not going to be able to compete. So they were there to pick me up and to yeah. stay motivated, put a plan in place for next year. And obviously this year, the injury. So again, they were there for me to to let me let me have my couple of days of just basically feeling sorry for myself, eating whatever I wanted to eat. And they were there with me and we just chilled out and just turned out in the garden because it's been nice weather recently. So yeah, just been chilling with them and just, just having a laugh and, and not really thinking about training, not talking about the gym, just, just totally chilling out. And then, um, yeah. then after those couple of days, we all sat down, uh, me, Ben and Dan, and basically just got a big whiteboard and just said, right, the plan is for, the next eight weeks to get the hip better. That's the main focus. So we're training at hundred percent. And then 
putting goals in place, like we're aiming for the road competition in the end of the year. So that's like the next big goal that we're, we're going towards. And obviously the main goal is, is the next season for next year and qualifying for the games again. And um, yes, it's a nice process of, of letting that, letting your body have that silk because you need that. You can't just have a big setback and then just yeah. right, right, next day, let's crack on. I think you need that time to let it process, let it sink in. And you, you need to feel sorry for yourself. You need to have that time alone where you just, you're thinking about, oh, what if, or, or why did this happen? Why did that happen? You need to get that out of your system so that when you, when you are back fully focused on the, on the plan, you're not having those thoughts whilst you're trying to push towards the next goal. So, uh, yeah, it's so important to have, to have a good group around you. And while all that's going on, while you're making the plans and your own team are supporting you, the support that you got online was phenomenal. How much did that yeah. just sort of humble you and, and take you back? Yeah, it's, it's, it always amazes me the amount of support I get from from the CrossFit community. And it's something that I never take for granted and, and it means so much to me. And uh, yeah, part of why I felt so down about the whole situation is because I want to I wanna be there for myself, obviously, and a personal goal. But then for all the people that supported me for, for years and years, I want to get there for them and I want them to be happy to see, to watch me at the games. Yeah. So it's hard not to feel like you'd let a lot of people down when, when these sort of things happen. Um, but yeah, so when I put that post up, it's great to, to see the feedback I, I got and there's so many people supporting me and there's so many people want to see me at the game. They're also very aware that injuries happen in sport and obviously it's totally out of my control and they're all just, support me all, all the way through this year and, and they will be for, for next year as well so yeah it makes such a difference when you get such great feedback and the support um from from your fans yeah it means everything really you know the, the thing that you mentioned there as well is, is having that goal to get to the games you you have become an integral part of that community you become such a big personality within it and yet the sport even though it's been around for 10 15 years i'm, I'm not exactly sure off the top of my head it's still in its infancy. It's still a very young sport. How, yeah, massively. How, how, how lucky do you feel, along with all the other sort of elite athletes, that you're almost at the ground level of something like this that's become more than a sport? It's become a proper movement for so many people all over the world. Yeah, it's great to see that. Yeah, like it's such a young sport. And, and now you see a lot of young athletes that have been doing it since their sort of late teens coming up. And now they're like early twenties, and they've they've already been doing it for so long. Yeah. And um, yeah, you can see like the next generation of the sport coming through. Whereas I found it when I was twenty three, twenty four, and even then it wasn't it wasn't massive. It wasn't like it is now. So yeah, it's great to to be in in the sport relatively new. Um, obviously it was around a lot long before my time, but it's still classed as a relatively new sport, and it's great to see how it's grown even in the short space time I've been in it for seven, eight years. So, um, yeah, it's great to be, be clusters and I feel like people look up to and, and hopefully people aspire to, to get to the games. And if I can inspire them to do that, then that's great. So yeah, it's great to watch the sport grow. And the best thing I always say about CrossFit is the community and, yeah. and all the gyms around the world that have such an amazing community, such an amazing social aspect. And, yeah, that's what kept me in the sport for so long is is that amazing community. And it's literally like going to a gym with all your friends and family, basically. And everyone pushes each other. Everyone wants to see everyone succeed in, 
in whatever goal they have. Doesn't matter if you're extremely fit. Doesn't matter if you're overweight. Doesn't matter if you're just starting CrossFit. Everyone's got pretty much the same goal is just to get fitter and live the best quality of life. And yeah, that community aspect of CrossFit is, is definitely what makes it extremely special. When you found the sport, how long did it take you to realise that you had a shot of competing at the top? Uh, yeah, I, I found CrossFit in 2013 by watching a, a YouTube clip. My dad showed me a YouTube video of the Games and uh, it was the Swimming in Bar Muscle event. And I remember it, it was just, it just looked absolutely mental. It looked so cool what they were doing. And I basically got hooked on watching every YouTube video you could find on CrossFit. And and it's quite a daunting sport when you start it because there's so much that you think you've got to learn. And there's so many different movements, like there's Olympic weightlifting, you've got to get good at from scratch. You've got to be fit. You've got to be all these gymnastic movements you've got to learn. So after kind of a couple of weeks, I think I entered into a, my first comp within the first couple of months. And it was an RX comp and absolutely loved it. I got a pr- pretty much came bottom, but loved the experience, loved watching everyone compete and see all the athletes. And pretty much I knew my strength was pretty up there with the basic movements. My fitness was up there on the basic movements. It was just all the skill work I needed to really hone in on. And pretty much from then, I thought, right, I've got the I've got the natural strength and I'm, I'm fit. I need to get them better. But then if I get my gymnastics and all the, the skill elements up as well, I think I could give this a real shot. So, yeah, it's pretty early on that I felt like I had the natural ability to be good at the sport. It just took a lot of time to to learn the gymnastics because I'm a heavy, heavy athlete, yeah. around 97 to 100 kilos, about six foot. I knew the gymnastics would be a hard element across it for me. So I knew I had to spend a lot of time and a lot of years dedicating towards those movements to get as good at them as I possibly could for my weight and size. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty early on after my first comp, I felt like I could, I could give this a real good shot. It's amazing though, because if I was on the floor, uh, keep competing against you, which I never would be. Uh, if I could see, if I could see someone of your physique doing the gymnastics stuff, I'd probably just walk off. Because if you can <laughs> achieve all of that, what chance has anyone else got? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's nice to to have turned something that should be a weakness of mine due to my size into a strength. And um, yeah, I got a lot of like bigger athletes messaging me saying thank you for motivating me and and showing that you can be good at gymnastics, even if you're heavy. And you've just got to dedicate a lot of time to those movements. First, you've got to get very efficient in the movement, and then you've got to build that volume and capacity. And uh, yeah, hopefully it kind of it kind of breaks down some barriers for a lot of athletes that they might say they're too big for the sport, which it, it, it is a sport that probably favours the, the smaller athletes in most yeah. movements, but you can't use that as an excuse because you can still get to a very good level um, being being a big athlete, and like there's big athletes out there like Fikowski, obviously does amazingly well for his for his size and shape. So um, yeah, you can still become a top athlete. You've just got to work very hard and know that you're going to have certain weaknesses that you're going to have to really push compared to the small small athletes. There's so much positive things to focus on, but there's just one more thing I wanted to ask you before we before we do that. When when the games were on um, during the summer. Was it difficult to watch that? Was it difficult to wonder what might have been? Or again, does the positive mindset not even allow you to think about what might have been? No, yeah, you definitely, uh, you'd definitely be lying if you said it wasn't hard to watch the games when you should be there. And that's 
what I've trained for for seven years and, and I didn't get to go. So yeah, it was definitely tough watching watching the games. Um but I still enjoyed the events and I just I just saw the events and would think how I would attack them and <clears throat> just sat down with uh, my team and said, right, this would be a good event for me. I would have done like this. I probably reckon my time is this. Um, yeah. We did some of the games events that we that we could do at the gym. And uh, yeah, it, it definitely was was tough watching the games, but it didn't put me off watching it, if that makes sense. I still yeah. loved watching, watching the events and the games. And it was great that they still put on a show. It was great to see the athletes and how they handled all the different tests. But yeah, it definitely was tough watching the games, knowing that I, sh- I should have been there. Where do you think you would have placed? How, how did you do in the workouts? Uh, I only did. I only ended up doing a couple, um, just because some of them were just such taxing work. I didn't want it to interfere yeah. with my my training too much. So I just did some of the some of the basic ones um, that I knew wasn't going to make me too sore or impact the rest of my training for that week. But yeah, my, my times my times are good. But it, it's it's very easy doing the workouts once you've seen someone do them and you're not in the games environment um, because obviously they're not watching anyone do the events first, a different heat. They're already tired from several different events. So yeah, you can never compare your times to, to people who are actually at the games because they're, they're probably in such a further fatigue state. And um, yeah, the different heat and, and all yeah. sorts of factors yeah. that make a big difference. But yeah, I enjoyed the workouts. And um, there was some good tests, some very brutal tests. Obviously, you expect that with the games. Um, it was a very strange one, obviously, to watch the games with only five athletes and, and no spectators. Um, but I definitely think if I would have uh, been able to do the qualifying events online, I think I would have done well and I would have liked to have backed myself to, to get in that top five to actually compete in the games. But um, yeah, you, you, there's no there's no point in worrying about aspects of life that you can't control yep. because it's never going to end well. It's only going to be detrimental to yourself. So just focus on what you can control and, and kind of and get on with it, really. Now, in about a week's time, 10 days' time, you're going to be releasing your very first book. Um, as, yes. as someone who who got into CrossFit, as someone who has obviously been taken advantage and you know bestowed with loads of opportunities, how how surreal a moment is that for you that you're a, you know, a published author? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very surreal. And it's one of the things where I wanted to turn a bad situation to a good situation. So when we knew something was going to happen with the games and announced that I wasn't be able to um, to compete at the games. I wanted to turn that into a positive situation. So if we were competing at the games, we'd have been extremely focused and very dedicated towards training and not allowed too much interference on anything really. Whereas now we weren't going to the games. I thought, right, I've got so much time where I can dedicate towards work and and social media and and lots of aspects of life that I really want to focus on that I wouldn't have had a chance to if we could be at the games. So this is one of those things where I kind of just dived into work, yeah, and, and managed to to write this book that I'm extremely proud of. And it's a it's a mixture of my general backstory of being an overweight kid, um, and how that was for me growing up, and then how I went through several businesses, um, tried different sports and eventually got into CrossFit and how I got to where I am today. But then what I'm really proud of is, and what I hope a lot of people take away from the book is the different um, goal setting and planning and motivation just for general life that I hope people can take away from. So 
it's not just a book about fitness and purely about my yeah. journey. You can take those um, those points and key factors and implement that to any area of your life. So that could be uh, like if you aim for a job promotion or if you aim to get a new job or if it's something to do with your relationship, you can take the key points that I used to get to where I was today, but then put them into any situation in your life. And hopefully that, that motivates people and it helps them put a plan in place, set some goals and really kind of focus on those goals and achieve them. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited for the book and I'm excited to, to hear everyone's feedback on it. You've, you've obviously never uh, shied away from talking about your transition from being an overweight kid to being an elite athlete. Now, in terms of the process of writing it, was it quite cathartic for you? Was it, was it a, a sort of helpful process just to put down on paper, this is what it takes to get from A to B? You know, there's nothing that can hold anyone back from achieving what they want to achieve. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty surreal in the sense that I, I get, I'm so busy and so focused on different aspects and uh, I work towards something, achieve that goal and then I set another goal and that start, I always like to have targets and things to aim for in life and I probably haven't that often really sat down and just thought about what I've achieved and how I achieved it and, and where I've come from. So writing this book really allowed me to sit down and be like, wow, like I have done a lot in the last couple of years and I probably haven't really sat down very often and just, just realize what I've achieved and, and take it all in really. Cause yeah. I'm always so focused on, on the next goal. So from that aspect, it was nice to, to really relive my childhood and, and go through lots of emotions that I've not felt for ages of, of being very like self-conscious about taking my top off or not being confident and not being happy in my own, my own shape to, pretty much now living with a top off pretty much everything I do. Yeah. It's just those little things where you really just sit down and appreciate all the hard work and, and what you've achieved over the years. And I think that's really important process to do. And, and what I'm going to do going forward is, is making sure once I've achieved something that I've wanted for many years to actually sit down and, and allow myself a couple of days just to let it sink in and, and realize what I've done and, and just appreciate the hard work yeah. that's, that's gone in. And I think that's something that, that maybe I've missed over the years because I've been so determined on the next thing once I've achieved it. So yeah, the book really allowed me to to reminisce and, and get some emotions I've not felt for a long time and then also allow me to just sit down and, and appreciate the hard work that's gone in, really. But one of the things I really enjoyed about the book was just the personal element that you talked about there. You obviously give a lot of context around the, the sort of journey that your family, your ancestors, ancestors makes it sound as if it's centuries ago. Um, but obviously, <laughs> the, the journey that your family had, had had been on, migrating to the UK, all of the yeah. childhood stuff, but also weaved in all, all of that was almost like your trade secrets or your sort of tips and hints for this is, you know, this is your blueprint for achieving what you want to achieve. It was a really nice blend. Yeah, that's what I wanted to really get across. I wanted to make sure that people obviously understood my backstory, but then also that book would hopefully change the outlook on life or they're going to really take away a certain message from that book. And if someone reads it and great, they understand my story and maybe they can relate 
with me more or if they're overweight as a kid and they're maybe still overweight hopefully it's going to really kick start them into starting that fitness journey but then also taking away something completely not fitness related where someone might read it and maybe they've like i said they've tried to get a job promotion but maybe they've just stopped aiming for it now because it's it's taken too long or maybe they failed the first time but i'm hoping that they can read this book and they're like right i'm really going to put a plan in place set some goals and i'm going to keep working towards that goal until i achieve it and if people take that away from the book that i really i really want to get that message across and i really hope that people get that message when they read it one of the things that amazes me about the the crossfit community and kind of ecosystem is that there's always opportunities beyond the competition floor i yeah. think you know you can you can apply that to different sectors in life but that's it's obviously an area that you know it's your job it's something i enjoy as a hobby but when when did you realize that the talent and the hard work that you put in on the floor was affording you different opportunities that could actually help shape your whole life? Yeah, this was quite, it's quite a good question because when you start as wanting to be a CrossFit athlete, you've pretty much 99% already gotten the job. Yeah. Or for me, I owned a gym, so I was working several hours in the gym. And you always wish that you can get to the point where, oh, God, I wish I could just be a full-time athlete and just train and and get some really good sponsors, which allows me to to not work. But that takes a lot of time and you just got to be patient with it. So for me, I knew that with my shape and how I looked, I'm probably going to stand out compared to most CrossFitters on on a CrossFit floor just because I'm a lot bigger than your, your average CrossFitter. And I just knew that just dedicating my time on my my craft and being an athlete, that one day I'm going to be in a position where I can just focus on training and and really just work with some great brands that allow me to step away from that that job and just focus yeah. on as be, being an athlete. And that was my biggest turning point. I think was as an athlete when I stopped working ridiculous hours, I couldn't and was able just to focus on training. And then. As an athlete, you've also got to be really aware that you've got to spend time working on other things, not purely just being an athlete. So in about 2017, I made a conscious effort to really want to grow my social media and really focus on helping people through my journey, but then also providing them with different workouts. So that was a conscious effort where I said, right, I'm definitely going to every day, once or twice a day, post a workout for anyone to follow or if it's my training, or if it's just a general workout for people to do. And that's going to motivate a lot of people and hopefully get them into fitness, but then also it's going to help with growing my social media. And that was a conscious effort back then, 2017, to really make a push for that. And obviously, it, it is obviously worked, and I've got a, a very, very good, loyal social media following. And um, and that's opened so many different avenues within the sport and outside the sport. That's enabled me to to really still always be an athlete at heart. And that's my first priority. But then very closely, second is making sure that the business side, so when I stop CrossFit, I can still have a very good quality of life um, yeah. even when I stop competing. So, yeah, it's an extremely important part that I think some athletes maybe miss out on is because you can be so focused as an athlete, you kind of forget everything else that you need to work on. Whereas I, there's always in the back of my mind that even though 
I'm doing well as an athlete and succeeding as being an athlete, I've got to make sure that I'm working on other stuff as well. Because I don't want to be get to the age of being 32, 33, where I've had a great athlete career, but then when that stops, I've got nothing else to, to really fall back on. And that's not the situation I want to be in. It was something I was going to say, actually, because he, he's obviously one of the few people that springs to mind. Um, Matt Fraser obviously didn't release or never showed what his workouts were until he was finished yeah. competing. Was it something that you thought, you know, you didn't care if it lost you some sort of an edge when it came to competing? Did you feel as if that, you know, it wasn't a factor? You would rather, you know, be an open yeah. source almost for people to learn from yeah, you? Yeah, did, again, that's just... Yeah, that just comes down to my, every person's different in that regard. Yeah. So some people are quite secretive with what they do, whereas me, I'm, I'm very open and um, like I said, I'm extremely laid back. So I always post my stuff and then if someone wants to follow it, that's great. If they want to compare the times, that's great. That doesn't affect me at all. Um, but if I can motivate hundreds of thousands of people doing that, for me, that's more important for me personally than, than keeping it hidden. But keeping it hidden is not a wrong thing to do. I think it just comes down to, to the person and, and what they yeah. prefer to do, really. All of that said, it's really surprising that within the book, one of the, the things you raised was you, you don't really see yourself as a role model or you struggled to, to, to understand why people saw you as a role model. Is that just something that, you know, being a, being a humble lad, is just difficult to, to take on board that people really look up to what you're achieving in life? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's definitely, yeah, I think just me, again, it just comes to what sort of character you are. And for me, it's always being humble is just something that I've always been throughout my whole life and career. And it's not something I have to fake or I have to work on. So I think <clears throat> having people look up to me is, is great and I absolutely love it. And that's why I always want to set such a great example for people because there is so many people who watch and follow me. But yeah, and I never get used to that that feeling of people wanting to to have pictures or daily messages from people yeah. who get so excited when I just reply back. And yeah, it's a great feeling. That's something I never want to take for granted because if you don't have that following, then there's so many things in your career that won't succeed as well because you've not built with that following. So when I'm at competitions or events, I always make sure anyone who comes up to me for a picture, I'm always having a picture with them. And uh, I remember strength and depth last year. Uh, it would take me maybe half an hour just to get to the warm air because so many people wanted pictures and, and things like that. And I never want to say no to any of the fans who yeah. want a picture because the, the point where you can't even spend a couple of seconds just having a picture with someone, I think that's, that's a position I never want to be in. I always want to be willing to have a picture with people and, and make sure I give them the time of day to have a quick chat. And because it's only like a couple of minutes at your time, but it can mean so much to that person and they might take away, it might make the whole weekend. So yeah, that's something I always want to make sure I'm, I'm giving the time back to the people who support me. Do you have to work hard to find that balance of, of maybe not spending or getting sucked too deep into social media? Because I would imagine it would become potentially quite overwhelming when you do have, you know, guys like me randomly reaching out and saying, hey, come on a podcast. You must just get bombarded with with different requests all the time. Yeah, you get a lot and you'd be lying if, if I said that I say yes to everything because you can't, otherwise you're just constantly doing other things. You you've gotta yeah. you've got to set a limit on, on where you uh where you eventually say no to certain things. And um yeah that's just that's just being realistic and not being 
too over over kind of worked with doing trying to do everything that you get asked to do um so yeah you've, you've got to say no to certain things but um yeah try and do as much as you can to to help channels like yours or anyone else that that messages because i remember when i was getting into the sport and everyone's been in that position where you're not a big profile in whatever you do and you've got to work your way up and everyone's in that position where they want to ask their their idol to do something and i've been in that position when i started crossfit and you message like the people you look up to and when they reply it's a great feeling and so i like to always try and do what i can but yeah it does get to a point where you, you can't do everything and that's when it comes down to people that are around you and the great manager that i have that really keep it in check and say looks like you're doing a bit too much here let's rein it back a little bit yeah because i guess the decisions that you do take will impact you as an athlete you as a businessman um and uh, and i guess having that team round about you is crucial to making sure you make those right decisions to, to, yeah exactly and both streams kind of complement each other along the way yeah and you're going to make some bad decisions and you're going to potentially make some bad decisions that's where the people around you come in and say looks at i don't think that's a good idea to do that um even though i might think it's a great idea you can have them people around you who are who are going to be honest and tell you how how they feel, and then that might make me reevaluate re- reevaluate the situation. Think right, I thought that was a good idea at the start, but maybe it's not. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to do it. So yeah, it's, it's great to have people around you. But you've got to make sure that you 100 trust them um, to be able to have that relationship with them. At the same time, you don't seem afraid that when you know a decision has to be made, you make it. Uh, and one of the things that stuck out from the book was your decision to close the gym, that just seemed to be something that to you was something that you had no doubt in your mind that that was the right thing to do at that moment in time. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it was a commercial gym that we had for three years and uh, it was extremely busy gym. It was ridiculously long hours, very hard work. And it was a mixture of just extremely high overheads, um, ridiculously long hours, trying to be an athlete and still work. 12 to 14 hour days and not getting the reward for the, the amount of hard work we're putting in. Um, and a combination of really getting into CrossFit and wanting to open a CrossFit specific gym. Yeah. And all those fa- factors came to together. And, and yeah, in 2017, I think it was, I just said, right, we're just going to close this. It was me and three other business partners. One was my sister and, um, she was at a point where she was having her first child. So she wanted to go off and she was at a different stage of her life where she didn't want to be in a gym working 12 hours a day. And uh, yeah, we came to the decision that we're just going to hit it on the head. Uh, obviously a lot of the members were gutted because it was a great environment. It was a great gym to be at, but I knew that for me to succeed as an athlete and for me to be really happy running a gym, it had to be a CrossFit box. So it had that community feel. <clears throat> and I also need to work a lot less hours to get to the athlete level athlete level that I wanted to be at and uh yeah so again it's for me being very confident in myself and knowing that I have a goal and I want to achieve that it was a it was a very tough process at the time and it was very hard to not see it as a failure um but yeah it worked out for a lot better uh, in the end but yeah it was definitely a very tough decision at the, at the time to close that commercial gym and then within about a month later we opened the CrossFit BFG and we've never looked back really it's owned with me and my business partner Harmi and at the start we kind of said to each other right we knew my aim was always to get to the games and I said to Harmi 
at some stage you're going to have to do a lot more of the coaching, which is yeah. going to allow me to focus on training and, and not work such long hours. And that, uh, yeah, we, we work really well as a team together. And then, yeah, in 2020, we, we finally achieved that goal. So at, at the time, like I said, it was a very tough decision to make and it was hard to not see it as a failure. But again, like I said, trying to turn every situation to a positive. And then we've got a great community across the BFG and, and it's great to have everyone in the gym together. And it's great to have everyone supporting me when I'm doing my qualifiers or competing in the open. And yeah, it's such a better environment. It's such a better gym for me and, and for the members. It's one of the beautiful things about the sport, isn't it? That I must imagine when you're either training or coaching or, you know, you've got your members coming in on the same floor as one of the elite guys. It's a really, you wouldn't get that in any other sport, would you? Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people who come from a different sport and try CrossFit are like, this is mental how you're training with Zach, but he's an elite athlete, but then you're just doing the same workout. Like, yeah, yeah you can't quite get to grips of, of CrossFit, but <clears throat> yeah, that's just how it's running. Obviously, the Open's a perfect example of that. You can test your scores and be Joe Bloggs in his in his back garden comparing his scores to, to Matt Fraser in the Open. It, it's a pretty cool, surreal experience that you don't get in any of the sport, really. When you talk about your platform, your reach, people looking up to you, and again, I know you've, you've spoken about it, but I think, um, you know, to, to talk about where we are today, I hope you don't mind me touching on it, but just really? how, how difficult a position did you find yourself in last year when the whole furor around CrossFit kicked off? Yeah, um, what, with the Greg Glassman statement yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, it was, um, I think at that point, when that happened, I was still in for a shot of, of maybe competing the games, I think it was, or maybe competing at the online stage. Because yeah. I remember um, when it happened, I was quite one of the early athletes who made a stand and basically saying, I'm not going to support CrossFit and Greg Glassman and I won't be competing at the games if he's still head of CrossFit and I'll be detaching myself from CrossFit as a brand and sport. And I think for me, it hit, hit me pretty hard because obviously being um, a black guy in the sport, owning a gym, so having the business side of it, but then also being an athlete. <clears throat> so I had different different areas of dedicating my, my life to something to be the best in a sport and competing around the world. But then a business point of view, having the affiliate and having people come to the gym because it's a CrossFit gym, yeah. then also due to my ethnic background and obviously from the comments. Um, so yeah, I felt like, and obviously being the UK's fittest man, I felt like uh, I had a really big platform within the UK to, to get the community's voice heard because there's so many people in the CrossFit community in the UK who don't have a platform to express themselves and they don't have the following that I do. So I felt like I really wanted to make a statement for the UK and, and for, to be the voice for the UK. Yeah. And, and make a stand and say, look, this is not right. Something needs to change. And <clears throat> I won't be back in the sport or the brand unless something does change. And lots of other uh, games athletes got on board. And I don't think, if we hadn't have done that, I don't think Glassman would have stepped down. And yeah. it's a pretty icon iconic sort of stage in the sport that people will look at probably in 15 years' time and look back and say, right, remember what happened 15 years ago and when Glassman stood down and, and to be a part of that change and being part of that force that made that change. Yeah. It's pretty, um, pretty special time um, to be in. I think a lot of people look back in the years as a very big moment within CrossFit. 
Because you weren't just an athlete, you're obviously a business owner, you you're a competitor, you 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 know, you touch so many different areas of, of that whole that whole business, that whole sport, that whole ecosystem. Did you feel an extra responsibility to, to actually use your platform to say something? Yeah, I, I didn't feel forced to do it, but I definitely yeah. felt like I wanted to do it and I took pride in doing it yeah. and to be kind of the voice for the UK and to be the guy that everyone looked up to and were messaging to try and get their voice heard and then me relaying it onto my platform and demanding that change. And I remember during that time, time I was getting so many messages just from people saying thank you for, for speaking out and being the voice for the UK. And that's something that I very took very proudly and I'm glad I could do the UK just and I'm glad I could be that guy that people knew was going to make a stand and I wasn't going to kind of just be quiet and not say anything um, and I think yeah I think people are very appreciative of that Because re- regardless of what it would have meant for your career as an athlete or your um, prospects as a, as a business owner you seem the sort of guy that has to be able to look himself in the mirror and sort of yeah. you know, be, be happy with your own integrity. So when we fast forward now, coming up on one year on, almost one year on, are you satisfied with the direction that the organisation and the sport is going on? Have you had conversations with, with the organisation? Yeah, definitely. I, I'm really kind of really happy that Eric Rose was taken over and he's a great guy and um, I've, I've spoken with him and yeah, he, he, he seems like the man who's going to really propel CrossFit as a brand and a sport in the right direction. And obviously we've got to give him time to, to do that. It's not going to change overnight. But for me, yeah, I'm extremely happy in that I do back Eric and I think he's going to do amazing things for the, for the brand and the sport in the, in the next coming years. Um, obviously time will tell if that if that comes true but yeah i definitely support him and yeah i think he's going to do a great job in terms of the future for you then you the game's number one getting getting yeah. fit again rehabbing the hip how excited are you for because you you speak about your age and your experience and and honestly zach as a 40 year old man you're still a young man with, with so much ahead of himself yeah you must be so excited for, for what the next sort of five, ten years holds for yourself. Yeah, extremely excited. And um, I know I'm, at, I'm probably at the peak of my, my career athlete-wise and um, I'm really looking forward to getting my body back in shape and making a really big push next year and um, really kind of pushing for that for that top podium spot of the Games. Um, I feel even more, more motivated than I did uh, at the beginning of the year than I did last year because... I felt like I was so close and there's things just cropping up. Um, and yeah, it's, it's made me more vote, more motivated. I, I didn't think I'd be saying that at the beginning of this year because I already felt so motivated then. Um, but I'm also extremely um, looking forward to it. And, and I love the business side of the whole kind of sponsorship or yeah. if it's to if it's in different areas of business that has nothing to do with CrossFit. I really enjoy that side of it. So looking forward to to working with my manager and really kind of trying to make a big, a really big push in that aspect this year, especially as we, we, we're not dedicating so much time towards training. And uh, that's something I love doing. I love working with different brands. I love doing the photo shoots and, and making really cool content that we're going to make a lot of this year. And um, yeah, that's something I really want to dive into and that's something I really enjoy just as much as the training aspect, really. How hands-on do you get when these different opportunities come up? Because, again, you don't just strike me as someone that will say, 
uh, yep, give me that, give me that. Do you get quite involved in the the collaboration with different brands and yeah, how, yeah, definitely. And um, them? yeah, I, I have a really good relationship with my manager James, and we're really good friends. So we speak pretty much every day, and yeah, we work with brands where it's great that we can have a personal touch with and and communicate back and forward and say, look, we've got this idea for a content day. Is there any chance we could do it? <clears throat> and um, yeah, I'm definitely not someone who, who's just, who doesn't want to get involved, just wants to do the basics. I really want to go the extra mile with brands and and make sure we're delivering everything, everything that we're supposed to deliver and beyond. And I love the relationship that we have with all our brands. And yeah, it's great to, to be known as someone who's going to go the extra mile and, and maybe suggest other things and not, not just wait for them to message in and ask for certain content ideas. We want to propose different things to them. And, and if they say no, they say no. But yeah if they say yes, it's great and we can create some cool, cool content. So yeah, it's definitely something that I'm, I'm very passionate about and it's definitely part of, part of Cross that I really enjoy. And I think it's a very important aspect, like I was saying earlier, is that you've got to be, you've got to be getting things in place now when you're at the peak of your career, that's going to keep you going when you stop competing. And yes, I have many, many years ahead of me, but you still got to plan, plan ahead. I was going to say that's the businessman in you, isn't it? When you're looking towards, yeah, I think any sportsman probably could fall into the trap of not adequately planning for when you retire. But you've clearly got yeah. that that long term business plan and head on. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's such an important aspect, I think, for any athlete that they make sure they focus on that as well. You, you know, you've we've touched on it quite a lot in terms of your platform, the people who who look up to you. A key theme from anyone I've spoken to so far, and it's been a really nice thing, is that so many people are unaware of the impact that they have or a legacy that, that they might be leaving. Do you, and it's, it's unquestionable when you look at everything that, that you've touched, you know, your, your platform, what you've achieved in the sport. Um, do you ever take time to sit back and appreciate just the impact that you're having on people's lives? yeah like i said that that relates to when i was writing the book that yeah it was nice when i was writing that to sit down and to to really appreciate all the all the stuff i've done but then it's nice to sit back and and think about all the lives that potentially changed from it could be from my workout post or it could just be replying to messages or just giving people advice via podcasts or via my instagram messages and um yeah it's great when you when you get that feedback from people when they say I've lost X amount of weight yeah. in the last six months because of, of you or, or your fitness journey, or I've put on X amount of muscle because I was listening to your podcast. And yeah, it's great to to hear that feedback and to know that you actually are making an impact to hundreds of people's lives, which yeah, it's something that I've always focused on. It's something that makes everything worthwhile. Really, if I can change a few people's lives or make their quality of life better through the things that I do and how I portray myself on social media, then yeah, that, that's something I've, I really do take proudly. Has, has there been one specific moment for you, Zach, that you've kind of allowed yourself to, to reflect on all the hard work, whether it's the, the book, the cover of men's health, you know, being the UK's first man. I'm, I'm saying that and there's all these milestones that stack up and, It'd be, it must be difficult to pick one out of all of the achievements, but is there any one moment where you can sit back and think, that's, that's amazing, that's pretty awesome what, what you, know, you and the team around you have achieved? 
Yeah, I think being the UK's fittest man and qualify for the games is it's got to be the one because that's something I, I worked towards for seven eight years, and to finally have achieved that that was a yeah really nice feeling and kind of just sitting back once I achieved it, it was just like wow I've, I've worked so hard for so long for this and I finally achieved it and that was amazing amazing a feeling and yeah things like men's health cover that's pretty much every boy's dream isn't it when you're growing up if you're into fitness is to one day be a, a men's health cover cover model so that was another aspect where that was more of like a, a mind-blowing experience because yeah <laughs> that's always it's always seemed like such a cool thing to do and thing that only celebrities and and sort of top actors and people like that get the chance to do that and um i wouldn't say that was that wasn't a specific goal of mine. It's always been a dream that I never thought would really happen. Um, so yeah, that was definitely a mind blowing experience. And walking into the shops and and seeing everyone tagging me in it, yeah, that was that was pretty surreal. That was. Have you felt a difference in terms of, you, you know, you're obviously extremely well known in the CrossFit space. Have you felt a difference of how much more aware people have become of you who aren't necessarily CrossFit fans after that cover? uh yeah you definitely um you get recognized yeah when when the cover was out in november you definitely got recognized from other people who aren't into crossfit for sure and that, that was great to to sort of widen my audience obviously it is very crossfit specific yeah. but that book really enabled me to get my my look and my my name out there to a wider audience which was which was really good but yeah it was a definitely such a surreal situation walking into services and and to different shops and just seeing my face on the cover that was that was pretty crazy how many copies of the magazine did you buy uh ended up buying a lot to give out to my family (laughs) but i think i've got about six at home um yeah it's uh yeah definitely something you want to show to your kids when you're when you're older older and out of shape i can't see you ever being out of shape yeah true <laughs> well, I don't know. I was, I was a very overweight kid, so I've, I've still got it in me. Well, listen, Zach, thank you so much for taking the time. Like I said, you're a, an extremely busy man. Um, good luck with the rehab, good luck with the book, and good luck for whatever comes next. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for having me on. It's been yeah, great fun.